0: Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Sweitzer. I'm the Clydesdale. She is Kat Shear. And we are so excited to have back one of our oldest friends, Kelly Baker Shirley. Yeah. Last time we had you on, you only had two names.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I actually had to write uh, my name in to get into this podcast. And I was like, I'm just going to write my Instagram handle because I don't even know what my name is right now. I'm not legally (laughs) Kelly Shirley yet, so okay Obviously, we'll go with kelly baker Shirley for now but that works
0: okay well <laughs> we want to give zach his due and yeah. <laughs> uh, you you're due both so we have both names in there um i want to start off by saying we have done some like recap shows like when we hit certain markers like episode 100 or episode 200 whatever and your name always comes up in favorite episodes
1: oh my gosh really
0: you're very yeah, popular like every single time.
1: I'm really not that interesting, but that is really flattering. I appreciate it people.
0: <laughs> so I don't know if you remember our last conversation, but it was, a, it centered a lot about getting outside your comfort zone and being a role model for young women. Um, and at the time you were kind of deciding, do I still want to be a teacher Or do I want to move into something new where I can be more help uh, to young women? So I think, I think you've left teaching.
1: I did. Yeah.
0: So how hard was that move?
1: Well, I really think my heart just wasn't in the role that it needed to be to be full on teacher. Like I love kids. I loved what I did. I love teaching. But when COVID hit, I think when we spoke, I'm not sure. Was it before COVID? I, I only remember how long ago it was.
0: It, it was August of 2020 smack dab in the middle.
1: Oh, okay. So I think it really just put such a kind of a, I don't want to say damper because it COVID put a damper on everyone in every job, but it just changed what that job meant to me. And um, when I met Zach, we had met and he was doing his fellowship in Philadelphia and took a job in Texas. And we got serious pretty early on. And I just kind of made a pact with my family that if I were to move to Texas, I was going to be in a position where I could come home for all of the big family things. Um, and I couldn't do that being a teacher here in Texas as well. And I think it was actually when people say the world or like everything happens for a reason the world works the way it's supposed to it was kind of the push that I needed to just go follow my heart and I went full-time nutrition and it's really has been just the best thing for me to just I think when I step into the role of being a mom one day I'm going to be really grateful that I took a step away from the classroom that I can be excited to do all the kid things again because it's that burnout can be really easy
2: yeah, and you were in the Were you in the Philadelphia public school system? Did so I lived, private school.
1: I lived in Philadelphia for a little while, but um, I taught in New Jersey. Okay. In a public school system, but in New Jersey, yeah. yeah.
2: My so, daughter is looking to go into secondary education for college. She's a senior in high school, and okay. I'm kind of trying to talk her out of it. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like, "Ooh, that's not an easy." an easy profession, especially these days. I just feel like teachers get the raw deal.
1: We did. Or we, I, we, I did. Yeah, And I just, not that it's all about money, but financially even, and people always say, well, you get two months off of the school year of of the year. And I want to say you could take two months off and still make more money than me. So yeah. that was a part that played a role in it too. Just feeling like, I grew up being an athlete. I've always been competitive and there was something really hard for me doing a job where there was no incentive to be the best and it would be intrinsic. And of course I did everything I could to be the best teacher I could, but there's no push to be a better teacher because some teachers show up at 7.05 when the kids show up and then some are there at 5.05. And it was just really hard for me to buy into a system where I just didn't feel like um, I could really fulfill anything that was competitive in me. Um, that, w- that was definitely something that played a role. But obviously, kudos to all teachers. I think that they don't get enough credit. And But I feel maybe a little bit like you cat, like if I had a daughter and she told me she was going into it, I would almost want her to figure out the why behind she w- why she wanted to be a teacher and then see yeah. if there was a way that she could still have, find a new craft that filled that Why? Mm-hmm. that wasn't in that avenue.
0: What do you think needs to change in the public school systems to incentivize teachers? Does it have to be financial or can there be other things that incentivize?
1: Um, it's hard to say because if you start putting, you know, kids test scores or something like that, then it's the whole idea of teaching to a test, which isn't, really what it is, but I just think just there, at least, and I don't want to speak for everyone, but in my situation, I feel like there just wasn't enough support, like enough support to be the type of teacher that I wanted to be. Um, everything was, you know, you, your expectations were so high at a time where the world was completely crumbling. And I just felt like I we were mistreated and the expectation of what many other jobs had at that time were a little bit lower. Like we understand you have things going on with your family or whatever it may be, or that you can't come into the office, but we were trying to teach kids at home that never used a computer by themselves before, especially when you're talking about like lower elementary. Um, So I just thought the expectations at some point were too high for what the teachers should be doing, but they're, if they gave more support, I think it would have been more helpful to reach those expectations. Um, so sometimes there's supervisors or principals that have never actually even been a teacher before. So there was just zero empathy where I found um, to be something that just turned me off from the whole thing.
2: You're on mute, Scott. Yeah, yeah.
0: Really, oh my goodness, <laughs> okay. <laughs> And it doesn't seem to be very consistent because where I live today, like that high expectation is there for all students, right? They want to be ranked in the top 100 schools in the country, all that kind of stuff. Where I grew up and where I just spent a couple days, it's the exact opposite. It's almost teaching to the lowest level so that everybody succeeds. Yeah. And so it's not even consistent across the board. Yeah. Um which makes it even more difficult. For sure. And I didn't mean to get into this like No, no, that's way of 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 schools, but cuz not like the three of us are going to figure this all out
1: tonight. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um but the last time we talked to you it was the covid year. You were on a great team that year for CrossFit and everything got canceled. Yeah. And you guys never got to see what you could do against the best in the world. Um, Any regrets about that or um, wishes or hopes, or did you just move on and uh, keep doing your thing?
1: So for that year, I'm grateful for it in a sense, but we qualified that year in October in, um, in Ireland. So what we had saw was, our team the year previously had went to the last um, sanctional of the year, which was in July in Paris. So we were like, let's try. We've really never trained together. Let's see if we can make it. And we end up taking second. We were like, well, okay, well, we're not going to the games. Let's just stay fit and go to the first sanctional of the new year. Try to win and qualify because most of the best teams might not show up that soon after the games try to qualify, then we'll be able to hit Wadapalooza, a couple of the other sanctionals almost as practice, and then we'll be at the games. So we were really fit for July and then stayed fit for October and then stayed fit for Wadapalooza and then COVID happened. And there were so many unknowns that we were just staying fit without any trajectory of where the next competition is going to be. So I felt like not only does our sport already do a a bad job at giving time off or having an off season, I think it's really hard for anyone to really buy into that. But it was always feeling this need to be peaked that year. And I felt like we would have done really well. But even when we found out we weren't going to games, Mayhem told us that they were going to potentially put on a team's uh, competition there just for teams. So we were still peaked for that. And I I was just so burnout. I was so burnt out from obviously with everything that was going on, but because I had nothing to do anyway, all I was doing was training. I was, I had a key to the gym. So I maybe was overtrained. I was just overpeaked that I actually took the next year off completely and ran a marathon. And I was
2: like, I, I was need to ask you, did you run that marathon? Cause I think we talked about you training for a marathon. <laughs> yeah. So and I just talked.
1: I just needed like different challenges or I needed something. I, during COVID I did, um, have you ever heard of, well, David Goggins is like, like my scripture, but, um, he has four by four by 48. So his idea is this challenge where you run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. So it's 48 hours, 48 miles and 48 hours. But I am, of course, in my head, I'm like, well, what, could I do it in 24 hours? <laughs> so I did one mile every hour or two miles every hour for 24 hours. And um, I kind of was getting then obsessed during COVID with what are these like crazy things that I could do uh, with one of my clients? We did as many box step ups as it would be to like climb Everest. I was just like losing my mind. But I think it. Right now where I am in the sport, the best thing that happened for me was just feeling burnt out from the sport, going a complete different direction and just training for a marathon and then being excited to get back into training. And that, so as much as uh to get back to the original question, I would have loved to have competed with them. And I thought that we had such a solid, like we complement each other so well, Um but I think If it wasn't for that year, I probably wouldn't have taken a step away. And I feel right now because of that, I am my fittest because I have like the drive to want to be at the gym all the time, which anyone who's been in the sport for a really long time can feel that that really goes away quickly. Um, So yeah, as much as it was a bummer, I think it all worked out
0: in a way. So it, it's pretty funny because when we talked to you last, you kept saying like, I need to get outside my comfort zone. I need to do different things. And it, and it appears that that is exactly what you did. Ran yeah. a marathon, did these crazy, um, I don't know, self-motivated tasks to try to accomplish. Uh, was the craziest one trying to do 24 or 48 miles in 24 hours?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people like you see ultra runners. They use they do it like in you know some some of them like sub ten or even quicker. But um, it was more the like staying up overnight. I wanted to experience the whole time, so I think I could have done it quicker. But um, yeah, it, the stopping between actually really got to me. I like couldn't walk for three days after my Achilles was so messed up. But I think it was more so from doing two miles and then kind of hanging out. And then do two miles. But yeah, it was just more of like, I love the idea of seeing what I can potentially do or what we're all capable of. That's like my addiction, I think.
0: So I may be remembering incorrectly, but did you have an upper body injury that you needed to have repaired? And that actually lent itself to you being able to run some more?
1: Yeah. So I was dealing with a shoulder injury, even all during that whole year, I was doing like types of rehabs and things. And then I eventually saw a surgeon and, you know, they thought I wouldn't need surgery. I could just go through a 12 week PT. So I did that too. And again, probably the best thing that happened to me was just taking that time off and going through PT. Um, But yeah, you, you're remembering correctly.
0: Okay. I'm bouncing all over the place tonight. So, (laughs) You know, if, if Kat has follow-up questions, she's going to have to stop me. (laughs) Um, So uh, the Eagles, you are a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Mm -hmm. This is a big weekend for you. Oh, yeah. Um, How much have you been into the games leading up to the Super Bowl?
1: Yeah, we, the hardest thing is that in Houston, not all games were shown. Um, So we had to buy some sort of NFL ticket so that we could get the games throughout the whole year. But yeah, I was born and raised in Philadelphia and my whole family lives there. And, you know, we're. You bleed green. Yeah. We went to an Eagles game this year when they came to play Houston. We went to the Phillies world series where the last game where they lost. So I'm just still trying to like shed my Philadelphia love while I'm in Houston, but um, yeah, it's been really exciting this year for all Philly sports.
0: Didn't. Didn't Philly lose to Houston? Yeah. Yes. So you saw them in Houston? Yeah. Or in Philly? Okay.
1: Yeah, I saw yeah. the Eagles played the same week that the Phillies played the World Series. So we went Thursday, and then that Saturday was uh, – the. luckily the Eagles won, because if they lost to the Texans, I would have lost my mind. But I couldn't have done two losses yeah. that week. But it was – yeah, it was a good experience.
0: Yeah, Cat's what are you a doing? baseball mom.
2: Yeah. Uh, what are you doing for a Super Bowl? um
1: well the open is coming up soon so nothing too big we're, we're gonna <laughs> go, go watch it with some friends uh, there's a pretty cool outdoor bar that has like a big screen and um it's actually like a philly it's like a philly bar uh oh, cool. bar, yeah that they have on sunday so we'll do that
2: they sell like cheesesteaks and things like that
1: they try yeah they try uh, <laughs> uh, what are they called like carts outside that will sell like different soft pretzels and things, which is kind of fun. Yeah.
0: I cheesesteaks are such a bad memory for me. Every time I go to Philly, (laughs) a local person says, Hey, we're not going to Pat's or Gino's. I know a place better. And every time I'm super disappointed. Oh, really? And so like, I feel like I haven't ever had the true Philly cheesesteak.
1: Yeah, uh, my now husband, when he moved to Philadelphia, he's, he did the same thing with the Pats, Gino's. but then you meet any person on the streets and anyone is going to say like, you can't go there, you gotta go to chinks or gyms or whatever that they yeah. have, it's their favorite. But um, personally, I think a cheesesteak's good anywhere, but anything with cheese on it, I think is good. So I wouldn't. I don't complain.
0: Well, I, I wanna try one with, with Wiz. Wit Wiz? Uh-huh. With Wiz. Did, did I say that right? Yeah. I, and every time they take me to a place, I don't even get that option.
1: Oh, really? I
2: think
0: so. Is it even on authentic?
1: <clears throat> uh, yeah, well, I think a lot of times they just expect you to say it when you go out. You're gonna have to go like meet a real, true Philly person that has the accent and all too. Wh-whiz. It's funny. I feel like I'm losing.
2: You're not losing
0: Philly. it. You no, are at all. You have. You it. are. Yes, she that's is. <laughs> yes.
2: Because oh, I love your I, accent. I just uh, I just saw a clip of uh, Aunt Mary Pat doing something for Go Birds. Do you know Aunt Mary Pat? Yeah, She's like yeah. the, the guy that's a girl that has that awful, awful South yeah. Philly accent. It's great. Oh, Go it's Birds.
1: Yeah, as long as I'm not saying y'all or something like that, I think my family will still accept me back. But I do. I feel like I hear it more when they talk. My parents. Yeah my brothers like are you guys doing whatever for the game and i don't think i say use guys anymore but i don't know i guess oh. I go back maybe i'll be back in the culture yeah
0: so i hear i hear the faint hint of it okay. as you talk <laughs> but last time we had you on it was thick
1: yeah i think I'm like losing you me. were
0: yeah houston's houston's junior dirty
1: i know she's she,
0: Cause I grew up Western Pennsylvania. So I'm a yin's, okay. you know, Yep. not used guys, but yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I was just over there with Kat cause she lives in Wilmington area. Uh, and we sponsored your bridesmaid, Kelsey. I team.
1: Saw. Low key kind of disappointed. I wasn't invited on the team, but we'll talk about that later. Right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was yeah.
2: her.
1: That.
0: Uh, yeah. Got to take it up with her, and they got that Rob.
2: W, so it was all good. Yeah, bring two teams next time. Six of you come. Yeah, I should have
1: actually just put a team together and then just yeah. didn't tell her. Just I kicked her ass. Her. Yeah, yeah.
2: We were trying to get Dex to come up too. <clears throat> that would have been fun.
1: That would have been fun.
2: He's nuts. Mm-hmm. Next year, yeah.
0: So you take a year off. You moved. You get married. And we'll, go, we'll come back to that because I want to ask you more questions about that. Yeah. And then you get on another team that, with the longest name at the CrossFit Games. Yeah. Uh, and it was f- hard for me to remember every time, but CrossFit Greater Heights. But you uh, added something to that, right?
1: So CrossFit Greater Heights is the gym that we go to. And then, but we had two teams that made it to quarterfinals. But there is a programming company out of the gym called Ascend athlete so we were crossfit greater heights ascend and the other team was just crossfit greater heights but yeah it was a long one yeah should just went ascend but anyway
0: so i've posted this picture on social media but it's it's either cat or my other co-host amy took this picture of you guys in the tunnel at the crossfit games and you you commented on it but i want to understand what is going on in this picture so just hold on one second okay <laughs> you, you look like you've seen a ghost emily you your, look like your you teammate do. is like ready to go to take a nap
1: i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> that looks like the indoor arena one meet i have no yeah, it's idea. the
0: coliseum it's the tunnel of the coliseum heading out onto the floor Maybe i don't what you're at yet, but and
1: yes, and i have no idea. to be honest it's like an ongoing running joke with kelsey um i when i compete i look like i'm so confused we always make it a joke that it looks like i'm just like e equals mc squared like what math am i doing in my head because every picture i'm like like i'm like i'm counting. i don't have no idea so she would see that picture and be like of course that's what you look like i just there's certain people that look so photogenic out there. I am like the complete opposite. I look like I'm doing a math
2: equation at all times. You're very expressive. <laughs>
0: so <it is>. <laughs> it's like, you want us to do what?
2: Yeah, maybe
1: that's what it was. I think because in that event was wall facing handstand pushups and like the the dual rower where you had to sync up with someone else. Maybe I saw people doing it and they were just falling flat on their face or something, and I was. Shocked. Yeah,
0: yeah, I like just it. I couldn't resist pulling it up one more time because I can't a, what, I, th- I think Amy caught it, but um yeah, we have that on our yes, in our folder okay. forever. <laughs> so you get to Houston, how quickly did you get kind of connected with Greater Heights and um did did it did it feel like family quickly or did it take some time to kind of get uh and ingrained in that.
1: Yeah. So I had posted on Instagram right before he moved, if anyone had a gym in Houston that they recommended. And a kid I went to college with wrote CrossFit Greater Heights. My cousin owns it or is a part owner, which is Emily, my now teammate. Um, so I was connected through that, and I, that gym is just incredible. Not just the facility and the things that they have in it, but the community. And I think when everything kind of went down with CrossFit a couple years ago, I guess it was during right around COVID whenever it was where so many people were dropping the affiliate. And, um, I felt like it wasn't cool or some gyms were like too cool to do the big Friday night lights anymore, or just kind of downplayed the community aspect that was so big in the beginning. So when I went there, I felt like I was a part of a part of a family, just like you said, I was like, welcomed with open arms. But not only that, they're just so big in doing community things like Friday Night Lights is still a huge deal. Any competition at people from the gym are always showing up. Um, A gym uh, near us uh, got hit by like a mini tornado that went through Texas. We just had a couple of storms and we put on a big fundraiser and people from their gym came. So, yeah, I just it's the first time I've really been to a gym where I felt like these people would do anything for me. Like if I got stuck in an airport and just needed to ride home or something, it sounds so minor, but yeah, I felt like if I didn't have them here in Houston, I would be so lost um, mm-hmm. especially moving to a new city and you don't know anyone. And I wanted to kind of create my own journey and not kind of follow Zach's path of friends he went to college or high school with. I, I, went to kind of make my own friends and it's, yeah, they've just been incredible. And to be honest, I wasn't even sure if I was going to compete because my marathon was that October and I was just kind of dabbling with CrossFit and doing my marathon training. And then Emily in the one in the picture yawning, she had just had a baby in August. Mm -hmm. So I didn't meet her until October and She was just coming back, like the same idea, like just riding a bike when she could. And then slowly I was like, all right, I'm kind of getting the itch. Like maybe I'll go indie, but I don't feel fit enough. This is last year. And she kind of started showing up the same times that I would show up. And I was just like, hey, like, let's just train together. Let's have fun with it. And it was just really inspiring to see. Someone who was so fit. She has a very similar um, resume as me. Like she was at the games for a team in 2016, went indie 17, 18, um, 19, qualified with a team, but couldn't go because of COVID. Took off a year because she was pregnant, but I was taking off a year to my shoulder injury. So it was just kind of crazy. Her husband is a physician, and so is my husband. So it was just kind of weird how parallel our lives were. Um, but it was just so inspiring that just to see her re-earn her body, like being a mom and balancing that, but also um, regaining bar muscle ups and then learning how to like quick burpee, it was just um I've never seen anyone make a comeback like that before. You know, I you know Annie did it and Cara. Um, obviously they went the indie route, which is you know in, in incredible. but just to be able to witness someone, like start to believe in themselves again. And I think it did take some others around her to believe in it. It was just something that I was like, damn, I I can't wait to be a mom. And she has her little baby, like watching her go through this journey. And it was just so that's kind of what I mean. Like how awesome is that, that our world doesn't have to end or our goals don't have to stop just because we like stepped into this role of being a mom. Um, so then once her and I kind of started training together a bunch, there was another guy at the gym that we kind of clicked with that decided to like maybe join team. And then um, Jordan cook, who has been at the games, you know, multiple times as an individual, he was local and just kind of pop in and he was like, I think I'd like to give it a run too with you guys. So it was just kind of weird how it all timed out right before the open, we decided and yeah, it worked out nice.
0: So I got to see you guys at Karana games. Um, you guys look like you were having a ball. Yeah. Like every event. And you don't always see that on team. Like I've, I've watched team competitions where the teams are physically yelling at each other uh, in between events, during events, you guys were always smiling and have a good time. Yeah. On top of that, you had a lot of like ex teammates and friends on other teams. How difficult was it to go up against um, your, your former teammates?
1: Um, It's interesting to say that I don't, I kind of feel more at ease when I go, when I'm like going up against them because the, you know, four hours that we're spending in the athlete area in between, um, you know, events and things, we're friends. We're all getting to catch up, hang out. We're kind of lounging around or eating together and then it's just a respect level of, I want you to do well, but I want to do better, you know. And so it is it is really fun to see them and get to experience the same experiences that they are. And it's fun to see them do well. And it's nice that there's five spots. And we all kind of got to go, everyone that I've competed with at, at uh, Semi's in previous years, all qualified for a game. So it was just like a fun experience to do with them that way. Um, but yeah, I think it would be probably a little bit harder if I was an individual that year and I was going up against them as an individual. I think that there would be a, not tension, but I, it's just harder to maybe um, like integrate with them as much as we do on team because it's it does feel a little bit more relaxed for a team. But yeah, it was. It is. It's just so fun to catch up with them all and to see them. And yeah,
0: this is a weird question, but Granite Games is a semifinal, and it's no. It will no longer be a semifinal, but it is was the only outdoor semifinal. Mm-hmm. So it was a very different experience than yeah. like the Mac or the Syndicate mm-hmm. or Atlas. Do you? Or do you think you'll miss that as as an option? Or are you glad that they're getting more consistent with two indoor arenas in Pasadena and Orlando? Uh,
1: personally, I'd rather it be in an arena. Um, I like the idea. And I like—I feel like it's very regionals feeling, keeping the workouts mostly consistent. I just think it's fair. Um, I think that the way they're even restructuring it where certain, um, you know, Uh, sections. I'm not even sure what terms they're using, but that will have a certain amount of game spots depending on like a ranking. I mean, I even remember in 2017, if I were to, I didn't do this stat on my own, but someone had told me like, if I were to have put my scores um, in California, I maybe would have taken third and I took seventh in the Northeast. So it, not that that's the end-all be-all, because I do think the open workouts are a different test than regionals were, and the same thing with open to quarters to semis now. Um, but I think having it more consistent is just seems more fair. Um, like, I think even the – and I, I, this is nothing against anyone that made games because it's so hard to do it, but the caliber of athletes at some semis – I thought were a little higher than at others. Um, So I think that the way that they're doing it in terms of like rankings, I think it's just, everything just seems a little bit more fair this year personally.
0: Yeah. I have, I have some thoughts on all that. I haven't expressed them yet, Um, but it's going to be an episode soon. Okay. Um, I'll listen in. So what are your plans
2: for this year? Let's,
0: You stole my question, Kat.
2: Could you? Oh, there you go. So you told me I could jump in. (laughs) That's what I'm doing. Um, As
1: hard as it's been to turn down some teams, because I've had some ones that I would have loved to have jumped on board. I just, I do think I owe it to myself to go individual and, and have no regrets because I think I have had the idea of wanting to go individual a lot. And then like a team will kind of be like, well, do you want to go team? I'm just so easily swayed because team is so fun. Yeah. Um, and especially when you get a good group of people around you, it's so um, contagious
2: To Yeah. It's hard to turn down too. You know, yeah. someone wants you to be on their team. It's like, ah, okay. It's flattering. Like when right. someone
1: asks you being your team, it is flattering too. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go individual and I just feel like I've tried to put as much as I could this year um, in terms of like not teaching and being able to be full on, Athlete almost. Obviously, I am a nutrition coach, but I've cut down my clients and just trying to do two sessions every day. So I just um yeah, no matter what happens this year, I just feel like I'll have no regrets. And if I make semis, if I make games, whatever happens, I know that I really did give it my all. So I just feel like I never really had that opportunity yet in my career. And I don't know how many more years I'm gonna have. So I just feel like this is if there's ever a time to be super selfish. Um, And even talking to my husband about it, it was like, you know, he's like, go for it. Why why would we not? So yeah, it's going to be really exciting. Yeah.
0: Is this part of your mission to get outside your comfort zone?
1: Oh yeah. I think we've talked about this before, but I struggle like with serious, serious, like, well, anxiety just in general, but especially performance anxiety. And I, I think there have been so many opportunities that I could have just stepped away this year or gone team, because it just makes me feel more comfortable. And there, I hate even saying the word excuse, but I also feel like I have a lot of excuses as to why I don't make it any further. Like, oh, well, I got married, or I was on my honeymoon, or this, that, the other. You know, I whatever any excuse I can make. um, Going this route is just makes me feel super vulnerable and. I I just don't ever want to look back and regret that I didn't put myself out there to either be great or um, just learn a little bit more about myself. So it's just a win-win. That's kind
2: of my outlook this year, at least. It seems like you had a nice little dress rehearsal with TFX.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was. was The same idea. Like The amount of journaling that I did leading up to that event which I, if anyone's listening, and doesn't journal. I just think it's such a great way to just kind of like diarrhea out your ears <laughs> to a paper of just whatever's going in your mind. But just even recently, reading back the week before, it's like um, you learn so much about yourself when you put yourself in those vulnerable positions. To I was even saying like, well, we did the qualifier as a way to like just kind of see where I was an opportunity to make some money if you win the qualifier and talking to my coach, I was like, but I don't think I'm going to go because I have my sister's bachelorette and there was certain non-negotiables that I wasn't giving up this year. Like her bachelorette, my wedding, my honeymoon, they were going to be things that I wanted to experience because they're like once in a lifetime things. And I remember saying to myself, I'm saying that as a crutch, I'm saying that because I might not feel my fittest. And if I put it out there, I can back out. I even bought the insurance when I like registered Mm -hmm. and um, even just journaling that out is just this idea of like, what really is the worst thing that happens is that I come last in that and I can go back to the drawing board with a lot more information for myself. So um, yeah, it turned out, you know, obviously in my favor, I think I learned a lot, but it's just, you know, one of the little stepping stones. I'm definitely not trying to let that get to me of like, Oh, I'm super prepared. And I have, I'm a shoe into semis or games. Um, but it was definitely, I always say like whenever I feel insecure or feel like I don't deserve to be somewhere, I always say like grab a cookie out of the jar and everything I do in training or, Leading up to that point, I always say it's just cookies I've put in this jar, anything I've sacrificed. That way, when I'm feeling insecure, I can like reach my hand in just to remind myself, like, you've done it all to get here. So it's not a mistake. Um, and I think I really needed TFX just to get my feet wet again. Cause that was my first time going individual since regionals at 2018.
2: Yeah, long time.
1: Yeah. So just even warming up or not being around a teammate or something was. Um, yeah, it was just like a perfect setting and time for me just to kind of feel it again. And yeah, it worked out in my favor.
0: Was it the perfect outcome for you? Because you won the event, but you didn't win any individual events. Yeah. So it's like you, you won, which is awesome. You get the money and the prize, but yeah. there's a lot of things to learn because you didn't win any of the events.
1: Yeah. Uh, the really good thing about CrossFit is you don't have to win any event to win the event, which is kind of exciting. Um, Justin Medeiros proved it. He didn't win any event at the games and then won the games. Um, and I think that's just me as an athlete too. I really don't know if I have anything that I'm like. I am a home run hitter, um, and oh, weirdly, I'm kind of proud of it. I'm proud that I have that, but. I am confident in pretty much anything that will show up. Uh, But for instance, just in terms of like learning the last event, I knew I was going to win as long as the girl in second place at that time. He didn't take first and I didn't take seventh. That was the only way she could beat me. So that's one of the first times I've really been in a position where I got to game a workout where it was the final event. And I just had to pay attention to where she was. And that was really exciting and a really cool learning opportunity for me of. It was like rope climbs and Barbie box jump over. So it was more like, just don't blow up and be okay. smart. And, and I thought that that was really cool, but I would have liked um, my one of my training partners. He had it almost like win the event and I would have liked the idea of really put yourself out there. And if you fall on your face, like, you know, that you needed that win, I would have liked that home run moment. But it was something interesting of just even um, the first event of that day was a three mile run with a vest. And it was just really cool to feel so aware of where other people were like, I was running at that point, I was in third, and there was a girl in second, maybe 200 meters ahead of me. And I just said to my coach, like, am I worried about them? Like, are they ahead of me? And he's like, no, but if you want to go for second, like you can, the girl in first was just kind of too far ahead. And it was one of those where it was like, okay, I'm going to chip away and take second. And I'm going to solidify that I'm going to win the event or win the overall event, as long as I don't crash and burn in the final. So as much as it was like no home runs, I just felt like it was a competition where I was so aware of what I needed to do and the task at hand, which was kind of a awesome learning
0: experience too. Yeah. It sounds like you were in control, yeah. which is very, a very weird feeling for an athlete to have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, no, for sure. Especially in our sport. Cause you never know what can be thrown at you. Um, but yeah, it no, it was just a great time. And I got to see like Ashley Wozni, she competed. I know she was on your guys sponsored team just to, See, like, familiar faces that was really fun.
0: Yeah, that's great. So, I want to talk about the wedding, okay? Because you got married since we met last. And, um, my co host Amy always says, You are the most beautiful woman in CrossFit.
1: <laughs> I would have to disagree, but thank you, Amy. I appreciate it. That's hilarious.
0: So, I'm gonna share a quick picture. Of you in your gown, what? and I think it proves Amy correct. So, so that is your wedding day.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I had a great makeup artist. That's not really fair.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, nice.
0: and the pictures were awesome. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you had a great photographer too. By the way, yeah, I did just to go through some of those. So how did you and Zach meet?
1: We met on hinge actually online. Um, I, it was during COVID. So obviously the dating scene was kind of hard. I remember me and like two of my girlfriends that were single at the time would like go to the bar, go to dinner and we were like zip locked into a back corner literally like you know lower the zipper to order and we were just like how are we ever going to meet someone and not that I was ever against like online dating or anything but um it just felt very I just didn't ever see that that being the way I was going to meet my husband um but actually I feel like it's a great way to meet someone because like you get rid of the people that are just like oh that would be an ick like I couldn't handle that so I find it out before I even meet them um But it's really funny. We went on a date and he showed up in cowboy boots and I was like, oh my, I was in like Air Force Ones. I was like, that doesn't like solidify where we both were from. He's from Texas and I am from (laughs) Philadelphia. Um, And we had a great date and like hit it off. And then he was like, yeah, I'm taking a job in Texas. And I was just like, all right, well, it was great meeting you. You know, I had a great date. Um, good luck with everything. Like it was totally like going to be the last time that we would chat or really see each other. But again, we had so much fun. And then he was like, I'm still here for a few more months. Like, I'd love to still take you to dinner. So I was like going on dates with other people. And he wasn't because he was really busy in his fellowship, but we would just chat all the time. But I was just so bluntly honest with him that like, I'm not moving to Texas. Like that was just bottom line. And I think I went on like date with one guy and he like says the joke all the time. He's like, I need to meet this guy and thank him because it was just like the most horrendous date I'd ever been on. Like he had like this weird red Mustang and he was like, like the date was terrible as it was. And then as we were leaving, he like went in for a kiss. He like kissed my neck or something. I was just, everything could have just went wrong. And then I went out with Zach the next night and he was like, I think we can make this work. Um, mm-hmm. And then we just moved really seriously. I think a month later, we bought a dog together. And I decided that I was going to move to Texas in January, and we left that August. And yeah, that
2: was how we kind of met.
0: So Kat, you got to ask, w- what kind of dog?
2: A golden retriever. What? I already know. I don't know. you
0: <laughs> Yeah, but th- we got to let the listeners know.
2: They bought a golden retriever puppy.
1: Mm-hmm. She's she's, she's like
2: adorable,
1: yeah. Because Zach actually showed up to the first date with his dog. Because it was during COVID, everything was outside, and he has he at the time, Kaya was only eleven. Um, now she's going to be fourteen, but um he showed up with her, and I think that actually really put him over the edge. Like I was like, I can get over the cowboy boots because right. he's got this adorable golden oh, retriever. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. he knew what he was doing. Right, it was like he was showing up with a baby or something, you know. <laughs> so if you're listening and you're single just borrow someone's golden and, show the dog yeah you'll get a wife yeah.
0: <laughs> well every time i go anywhere with cat we have to stop and pet every dog that we see yes we do um and it is and i love dogs but like i'm i'm not someone who stops and pets every dog cat every single dog yes
2: um, yeah. i need
0: to make friends
2: with yeah. all of
0: them they need to love me.
1: We don't deserve them. They're the greatest things in the world. Seriously.
0: So, you get a dog together. Mm-hmm. How did he propose?
1: He thinks he knew what he that it was a surprise, but I knew it was going to happen. But we were supposed to go to a Christmas party at his aunt and uncle's like country club. And so, I really didn't think anything of it until like the week before he said I think before the country club, we should go to the park because there's Christmas lights that we should see. And I was just like, ah, he gave it away. So anyway, at that day, of course, all day it's pouring. And I know he's going to propose. So I'm having anxiety, of course, because it's any day of the week, I'm going to have anxiety. But I was having like anxiety for him was, oh my God, I know he's planning this proposal and it's raining. I hope he has a plan B. This is what I'm thinking. And nope, he goes, all right, you ready to go to the park? And I'm just like, he, how he didn't think I knew because I am such a diva sometimes. If I didn't know, I would have been like, absolutely not. I'm not, just spent an hour getting ready. I'm not going out in the rain to the park. But it was really sweet when we pull up to the park. I swear like God was on our side, but like the sky broke sunny and we like show up to the park and there are Christmas lights everywhere, but there were like rose petals and he had a photographer and, um, it was really sweet. But the surprise was, I remember thinking during that, oh, like, I'm really upset that my family is just going to miss this. And the next day was his birthday and we were going to do a party at our house. And I said, well, I guess we're not going to this Christmas party and he's like no we still are we're going to celebrate tomorrow our engagement with everyone and I was like oh okay and then he's like and then your mom and dad come in next weekend so it's perfect so before the the um, party we were supposed to go to his aunt and uncle's first and we show up and his aunt and uncle say did you call your parents yet and again I felt sad and I was like I was gonna wait and FaceTime him when I got like a second to calm down and they were like well i'll call them for you and she's like john missy and like out the corner comes my mom and dad and my sister and her fiance and all of our friends so i there's like a great picture of me like on the ground like looking like i won the lottery but i'm just cr- and i felt like i did i was just crying um so my surprise wasn't when he proposed but it was when i saw my family there so it was the best day
0: yeah that's that's great. That's a great ending. Good job, Zach.
2: Yeah. Kudos.
0: What what I what I love is when you get exasperated, the the Philly accent comes flooding back.
1: <laughs> oh, good I didn't lose it then.
0: <laughs> it's great. And it adds to the story.
1: Not perfect.
0: So so then he you propose and or he proposes, you say yes, I'm assuming, and then you go through and have that beautiful wedding. Was it was it the wedding that you'd always dreamed of or you want someone that had always planned what you wanted that day to be?
1: Yeah. We actually looked at a lot of venues when we were in Philadelphia. Cause when we moved, my parents were like, well, you're getting married in Philadelphia. And I thought like, I'll still look around some venues here. And when I saw Boxwood, I was like, where we got married, I was like, this is my dream. Um, so it was just the best day we did it Thanksgiving weekend. So my family flew in. That Monday. So I had all week with them. We threw a huge Thanksgiving at our house. Friday was a big rehearsal dinner. We rented out a bar after. So all the people that flew in, we like had a big party. And then it was the wedding. And then the Eagles played that Sunday night. So we went out with everyone. So it was just a really big celebration. I felt like my wedding lasted a full week. Um, So yeah, so it was just, it really was like the best day ever. I, I like, I'm not just saying that. um, had very low stress, but yeah, it was just, it was the best day. Not that I want to read it, but it's a lot of planning. Like I said, like if Zach leaves me or something, I just will never get married again probably because <laughs> it is a lot of work, but yeah, it really is the best day. Yeah.
0: So it's what I, what I love about you is you have the girly girl side, but you also have the dude side. Mm-hmm. So what, (laughs) what, what would Socko say about your wedding?
1: Um, wait, I don't know who Socko is.
0: I thought, aren't you the Mankind fan?
1: Oh, like Mr. Socko. Um, oh, well, he didn't make the wedding. I thought, I didn't know if that was like some sort of like wedding blogger. I was like, well, (laughs) I think, uh, um, I don't know. I do. I love to dress up and be girly and it was like a fairy tale um, day where like, I love that feeling, but I also love, you know, the day after we went to a brewery and drank a bunch of beers and ordered pizza. And like, that was a fun side too. Um, but yeah, I forgot about, I was telling, I I need to stop telling people like too many, too much information about me, like my weird childhood. I was a freak.
0: (laughs) You're the only athlete. I think I've talked wrestling and (laughs) like, women empowerment oh. in the same conversation that's
1: right fair. yeah you could do both that's hilarious
0: so um so you moved to Houston how big of an adjustment has that been for you like you're a, you're an oh. east coaster your whole life and then you go deep south
1: yeah uh well i will say Houston feels very much like a melting pot like there's people so many people i meet that are from different areas um but the only downfall of it is how humid it gets. People are like, oh, "Have you experienced the heat? The summers are so hot." But the Northeast, as you guys know, is really hot in the summertime. Like, if you walk around Philadelphia in July, it's really hot. Um, but it's wet here. Like, you're just your hair has to be in a bun, or you're you're. It's not worth it. Yeah. So that's the big adjustment, but the food here is really good. The people are really nice. That's a great adjustment. Uh, If you move to Philly, everyone's can be rude and short tempered, but uh, the, the, in a a loving way, in a loving way, if you're wearing an Eagle shirt, no. Uh, (laughs) But I still have the hustle and bustle in me. And my husband's not as much like that. He's like, go with the flow you know, we'll figure it out. doesn't he, and I have such the Philly girl in me, like, you no, know, we're, I want to get to A and B as fast as I can. Um, so that's kind of adjustment. Everyone here is a little bit slower, easier, easygoing. Um, uh, but just being away from family, that's the, all, the biggest downfall. It's just really hard to like miss out on certain things, especially having my sister had a baby right before we had left. Thank God for FaceTime, but just every time I see her, she's just getting so much older and that's really hard. But
0: it is what it is. Do you, do you ever see yourself moving back?
1: Potentially, especially when we have a family. Um, I could see us probably, but nothing's like set in stone or anything like that. I'm really enjoying my time in Houston and Zach has at least two more years on his contract. So nothing would be like that immediate if we were. Is he at Rice? Uh, no, he's at Methodist West.
2: Okay. So what is this kind of Methodist. doctor is he?
1: Uh, he's in orthopedics. Oh, so cool. He does knee replacements. Yeah, that's helpful. It's just funny our like the difference of our conversations at night. Like he'll be t- like, uh, <laughs> he'll be like, "Yeah, I did this," and I'm like, "Well, I did this workout," <laughs> you know. Uh, and he like placed <clears throat> you know, like four people's hips that day. So yeah, I guess we both have our own craft, and that's okay.
0: Do you ever do you ever talk to Dex? with his wife being a doctor and he kind of having to move wherever she goes, you kind of got put in the same boat and your teammates.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's just what you marry into when it's someone that, you know, he has obviously such a passion, but my job that I'm really passionate about just allows me to move wherever. And that's been really cool too. Um, but yeah, I know that Dex has been kind of all over the place depending on where his wife was, but, um, he kind of gets to do his dream too. And I think with everything you're going to sacrifice a little bit and it's not the worst thing because, you know, he gets to coach and and train and do what he loves. He just might not be, I don't know if he's in like a place that he like absolutely loves or that's like his end all be all, but yeah, I guess just like with any marriage, you're going to sacrifice a little bit.
2: Well, there's, there's some world renowned orthopedic places up in Philly like Rothman that yeah. I'm sure would love to have Zach. That would, that would be good.
1: Yeah. I'll have to, maybe they'll be listening to this podcast. We right?
2: <laughs> could pull. buy him out. He's got some really good orthos too. So
1: it did, help of that, it did help that he did his fellowship there. So it's not like it would be a complete foreign sure. area. He has connections, but he really is enjoying it here and he's doing really well. So
2: I'll just, it's a give and take, right? Yeah
1: yeah exactly. yeah I can get on a flight tomorrow if I wanted and be at whatever family event and his family, his mom lives in Texas, so it's kind of nice he said he's I mean for orthopedics, you're in school for oh, I think God. fourteen or fifteen years. so um he's kind of been everywhere, and it's just nice that he has a little bit of a home base for home, whether it's two years or ten years, however long we decide to stay, but at least he gets that time too, and I think that's fair, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not trying to get you to move. I I just okay. everyone else is. <laughs> growing up in the Northeast, I lived in Tallahassee, Florida for four years, and it never felt right to me. Mm-mm. It just yeah. I never got into that groove.
1: It's funny, like I have my weekly planner next to me, and I thought about it today because I wrote on my sister's getting married. Um not this Wednesday, not this Friday, the next Friday. So I'm flying back to Philadelphia that Wednesday, then flying back to Houston that Sunday. And I wrote on Wednesday, fly home. And then I wrote on Sunday, fly home. Mm -hmm. I still haven't established this as like my only home yet. Um, So that was kind of interesting to look at.
2: Where are you doing the open workout that weekend? You're going to be at OBA?
1: No. So I'm going to train at my gym Wednesday, train maybe at OBA or train at like a local place I can drop in that Thursday cuz we have rehearsal dinner, Friday rest, Saturday train somewhere I can drop in, fly back Sunday, do the open at my gym. Okay,
2: um, so you'll be back in time.
1: Yeah, I just I feel like <clears throat> the open is like it obviously is important. I could do it somewhere else and it would be fine. I just feel like for my mental state to try to finagle or even just feeling like I'm making that weekend at all about me. And I really want my sister to feel like that weekend, just all about her, that it's okay that I'll just be able to do it that Monday and give it my all.
0: There's a place close where you can be the spark.
2: And <laughs> come, come to my gym. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to. Where's the wedding?
1: Um, It's in Egg Harbor Township in New oh, okay. Jersey. It's at a winery. Or, uh I forget what winery it is. I'm going to miss say whatever one it was, but yeah. One of the wineries out there. Nice. Really nice. Yeah. I'm so excited for her.
0: So I just, I just have two questions left. One. Uh, are you going to be in the West?
1: Yes. We're in the West, which okay. is kind of weird because if you looked at us on a map, we seem like we'd be East, but we'll be in the West. Yeah.
0: And then when, when this whole CrossFit thing's over, like what do you see yourself doing for the rest of your life. Um, is it, is there anything that's going to be able to fill that competition void like CrossFit or you're going to do the crazy challenges to yourself or are you going to move into that realm of trying to figure out how to empower young women?
1: Yeah, this is something I feel like I dabble with all the time. There's like this quote that I love. It says, have a plan, but make sure you leave room for some magic. And some of the best things I feel like that's happened to me in my life have just been the unplanned things that I didn't know, like whether it was meeting Zach or moving or going to that gym or meeting someone at a competition or whatever it may be. Um, So I've just tried to be less of like what's to come and more of just be like plant my feet and be so present in where I am. Because I think like I talked about before, like my anxious brain is so equipped to worry about what's going to happen. And I think I really often lose sight of that. I'm making like the memory right now. Um, So that doesn't really answer your question totally, but I would say it'll still be something that will challenge me, but more so like I even think now, and it could give me goosebumps, you know, my daughter hopefully getting to watch like a video of me doing some things that, you know, just wasn't normal. And I just want, um, to just do things that my kids are going to think not like mom's a superhero or mom's great, but just more of like, he's really showing me that I can do anything I want, whether it's in music or dance or um, science or whatever it is that they want to do. And that sounds like a cliche, cliche answer. And I'm not trying to like sound like that at all, but it, it was just more of like, and no disrespect to my parents because they are the greatest people to walk on earth. And I love them more than anything, but I think I was, kind of very cookie cutter raised in like even becoming a teacher. It's a very secure type of job. A lot of like things that I think I did in life, I didn't take big risks and I didn't, um, because sometimes with risks, it's not always like you get to view the reward. It's really easy to weigh the pros and cons of things. Um, So, Yeah, I'm kind of babbling. But I just want to be able to just give this sense of anything's possible to whether it's my kids or anyone else. But I want to make sure that I also don't lose me. And I think a lot of moms can do that. And it's like not a bad thing at all. But it's really easy to just be mom. So I'll try to find things that challenge me. I'll probably still always do CrossFit and build a cool gym wherever I plant my forever home and, and do that. But Who knows? Like I said, I'm always like making sure I leave room for some magic and a cool opportunity could come up. And maybe I'll become like a famous pickleballer or something. I have no idea. I never even tried pickleball, but we'll see. You know?
0: (laughs) That that was not cliche. That was (laughs) awesome.
2: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah.
0: Kat, do you have anything?
2: No, I'm good. We're going to, we need to wrap this up. We've taken up too much of our time. Wow. But we'll have her back when uh you know when we get to summies and, and the games. Yeah, I would
1: love to for sure.
2: <laughs> and
1: hopefully yeah, we're so we're that, gonna
2: put out there that she's coming back because
1: she's going to the games. Yeah. Exactly. We'll put it out in the universe.
2: Yep. Let's do it.
0: Okay. Well, I'm gonna shut this thing down. Um hang on till after the video. I have a quick question for you. Okay, perfect. Sure.